0: You're listening to The Den Download, a podcast designed to help coaches and movement enthusiasts with tools and insights for building a strong body, a stronger mindset, and your strongest life. I'm your host, Allison Tenney, a strength and conditioning coach on this journey with you to have in-depth conversations of what it means to have an impact on and in the world around us. Let's dive in. What's up, team? Welcome to episode 11 of The Den Download. Today, I want to talk about goal setting, the fitness industry, and our identity. And gosh, isn't that just what The Den Download is all about every episode? But today, I want to talk about how we can sometimes misconstrue the goals that we set for ourselves within our fitness and exercise plans and how we can sometimes take those on as our identity. And how that can be a little misleading, sometimes misguided, and sometimes even dangerous. And I want to start with a story. Because I think this will paint the picture of how sometimes our goals and fitness and movement and achievements can sometimes get us into trouble. You all know that I grew up playing soccer and then I played college soccer, And one of the things that I distinctly remember about my college experience is that in the athletics world, you were known by your sport. And on the outside of things, this doesn't seem like too big of a deal, but I remember calling people by their first name and then their sport. So I was literally known as Allison Soccer or Stacy Softball, if you had to identify a person, it was really by their sport. And again, if we don't dig too deep, it's like, well, sure, that's the sport that they play. And that's what they're known by. But when I started to dig a little bit deeper, and really when I graduated from college, and was no longer Allison soccer, who the fuck was I? And it was at that point in time when I graduated and didn't have soccer and wasn't the captain of my soccer team and didn't have people poring over my schedule and helping me with my workouts and sending me exactly how to work out and how hard to push and really challenging myself physically, that was all up to me. I felt woefully unprepared. Not only to handle myself physically, because I literally had done all the workouts, but didn't really know how to do that for myself, or what they meant to me. At that point, soccer was an identity. And I think we do this in a lot of areas of our lives, where we get a lot of praise, there's a performance piece that goes into it, and we take that on as an identity because we get so much validation from it. And so on one hand, sport is really wonderful, teaches us teamwork and how to coexist with other humans. And you have to manage those relationships on and off the field. You have to manage your time, your commitment level. How are you putting schoolwork in with your other stuff that you have to make sure that you're taking care of on the field? There was so much about college athletics that taught me a ton about myself. It was a huge wake-up call. But when you put all of your eggs in one basket, and for me, that basket was in soccer, when you put all of your worth, all of your identity, everything into this one thing, and then that one thing is gone. (laughs) You graduate. Then what? And I don't think this conversation has had enough around athletics, particularly college athletics, where for women's soccer, if you're not going to go play pro, which very few women are, then what do you do? And so I would caution you to really put all of your identity chips into that basket of whatever that thing is for you because I know it was a long hard road for myself when I no longer had soccer to get that validation from because I hadn't done the work to understand my own self-worth without soccer. It had been so ingrained in me for so many years and it was the way that I attained love, truly, and there there's pieces of it that obviously I did love, the freedom that I felt on the field and how much I just loved playing soccer, but my identity became inextricably tied to it. And so when I graduated and no longer had that outlet, boy, that was tough. And so when we talk about setting goals in fitness and how we intertwine our identities into that, it can be a little bit of a sticky situation. We talk a lot about the if-then conundrum. If I can just lose those 10 pounds, then I'll be happy. And I think we can apply that if-then to so many areas of our life, athletics, performance, fitness, your career, If I just get that raise, then I'll be happy. If I just buy that house, if I get that car, if I get that relationship, then I'll be happy. And unfortunately, we put our identity and our ego and all of that stuff wrapped up into that then part. And we continue to chase and chase And it just doesn't work like that. And I say that with a heavy sigh because I've been down that road. I mean, really, who hasn't? We have to actively pursue a different path so that we don't constantly get caught up in the if-then conundrum. And it took me years of understanding that identity really shattered after soccer for me to get that. Because here's the other thing that I see in the fitness industry is that what women are sold and what we're told is really fitness as a means to an end to shrink, to come up with the perfect quote unquote body. And what is that standard of beauty? What is that perfect body? Well, typically it is a thin, white, cisgendered, heterosexual female. And for so many women, that is not okay. We have to see so many body types to understand that your body is already worthy before you start the fitness pursuit. Otherwise, the pursuit of fitness will never be enough. And that's why that if-then conundrum when applied to fitness is also dangerous Most of us enter the fitness realm with pursuits of aesthetic goals, thinking if I lose the 10 pounds, if I get the booty, the shoulders, the arms, the abs, and it's kind of weird that we like Frankenstein our bodies this way. We we become completely disconnected from our whole. Let that sink in those pieces and parts that you pick apart on yourself is a part of a whole. Yikes. We almost like dismember ourselves in pursuit of this perfection, this idea that is handed to us, which is literally the patriarchy and capitalism keeping you in and on that hamster wheel. And so the second you reject the patriarchal standards and the capitalistic bullshit that is heaved your way in the fitness industry for the standards that women are supposed to attain, it shifts. The narrative shifts. And I see this happening in the fitness industry now. It shifts from, well, it doesn't matter what you look like, it's what your body can do. And I get it. And yes. This is like the second layer into the fitness industry. We start with the aesthetic goals. And when we realize those standards are fucked up, we move on to the performance goals. What can my body do and achieve? Can I do a marathon, a triathlon? Maybe it's powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting or just a bomb-ass strength and conditioning program inside the den. But the problem with moving on to performance goals is that we're still outsourcing our worth. And when you tie your identity up into that, what happens when you get injured? That's also happened to me, let alone the changes that happen to so many people who give birth that your body is not the same and our bodies are not meant to stay the same. But when we tie our worth up into what our bodies can do and how they can perform when they do not perform the ways we want, it's a hard place to be. And I would love for us to move to a place this like third level down. And this takes time to get to. I don't think you can just skip steps. I think you have to move through those aesthetic goals, move through the performance goals, understand your own identity, and understand the systems at work or the systems at play that are telling you how you should look and how you should be in your body, in the world. But this third layer that I'm exploring now in myself, so I certainly don't have it figured out, and I would love to hear your thoughts, this idea around embodiment, And this is what I love so much about strength training and really movement and exercise and fitness and how I think it can be so, so powerful. When we use it as an embodiment practice, we use it to come home to ourselves. Instead of Frankensteining these pieces of our bodies and getting up in our head and completely disconnecting from our heart and our soul and our body and not seeing it as a whole... How can we use movement and fitness and strength training, really, to be whole, to come home? And now you can still have aesthetic goals and performance goals. I'm not saying those things are bad or wrong, but when they are not carefully thought through and when they come from a place of if-then- they will never be enough. If we come from a place of embodiment and wholeness, then that aesthetic goal becomes more achievable. Even if you don't achieve it, you are still whole. And that's the shift that I really want us to get at. And this is the shift that I think the fitness industry really misses. And quite honestly, if women felt whole and complete and got to pursue the things that they wanted from a place of wholeness, it would really fuck up the fitness and the beauty industry in general. We get to have autonomy, we get to have choice, and I want us to do it from a place of wholeness. What would that look like as a practice to show up whole and complete And I'm not saying this in like a woo-woo, I love myself every damn day, because that's not realistic either. But what if the practice is recognizing the bullshit? Recognizing when you do leave yourself, when you do abandon yourself. For no other reason then you fall back into beliefs that have gone unexamined and that are not yours, ones that have been handed to you. What would it look like to recognize, get curious, offer yourself that compassion to return home again and again and again? To me, this is the key, the key to self-trust, the key to your own power, the key to self-love, whatever that key is for you, that ability to get curious, to see yourself as whole, and to know that you will abandon yourself, that will happen. But it's in the ways that we practice coming home to ourself again and again with compassion. That to me is where your power lies. So yes, aesthetic goals, yes, performance-based goals, but deeper than that, the embodiment practice to come home to yourself with compassion over and over again. This is what I want to be screaming from the rooftops for all people in their strength training practice and absolutely what we practice inside of the den. It's really why I built the den. It's what makes the den so special, is that regardless if people come into the program with aesthetic goals or performance-based goals, it's the compassion that we're always practicing and the flexibility to be able to be whole and to come home to yourself all the time. Until next time, fam. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Den Download. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any of our conversations. If you appreciate the show, hop on over to iTunes and give us some stars. For more tips and notes from the show, check out alisontennyfitness.com and make sure to follow and come say hi over on the gram at alisontenny. Talk to you next week.